Welcome to the Rebel Mystic Podcast, where spirituality gets real. I'm your host, Lindsay Maxfield. I'm a psychic medium, a healer, and the OG Rebel Mystic, offering soul guidance for spiritual seekers so you can smash your upper limits and get everything you want. Hello and welcome, Mystic Sisters. Welcome back to the Rebel Mystic Podcast. In this month's edition, we are going to be talking about self-worth and unconditional love. I know these words are real buzzy. They have a lot of meanings. They have a lot of soft, fluid meaning. And that's exactly the point. Because when you hear the words self-worth and unconditional love, they're going to trigger something different in each and every one of you. And that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. This is why words do not have absolute meaning. We layer the meaning on with what's going on in our inner landscape. And this topic is no different. Self-worth, unconditional love, all versions of love are wonderful, glorious, magical, fantastical, but they are also deeply triggering. And that's what we do here in the Rebel Mystic Sisterhood. We are not afraid of our shadows. We dive in, we face it, and we come up transformed. So this month's topic is a little personal. I know I say this all the time. Every month's topic is very personal or I wouldn't be sharing it with you. I do the work with you side by side. This month is no different. Self-worth and unconditional love are biggies for me. Unconditional love is the wound I've sort of been picking at year after year after year. What is unconditional love? What does it mean? How does it display itself both on the receiving end and on the giving end? And how does it change over time as your relationship with the ones you love evolves and grows, becomes damaged, becomes healed? And so this is a many, many multi-layered topic, but I'm going to make it as simple as possible. I'm going to leave the meaning fairly open so that as you listen and as you feel the energy that I encode into this podcast, into the words, into the healing exercise that we're going to be doing together in just a little bit, you can bring forward whatever is most calling you to be healed. And if you finish this up, put this on a shelf, come back to it six months later, it's going to have an entirely different meaning for you. And that's the way that energy works. We can encode it with various layers of meaning, and each time we revisit it, we will be met with a new layer, whatever layer we are being called and we are ready to excavate in that moment. So I want to start out with a personal story of how this month's topic revealed itself to me and triggered an avalanche of my own personal self-healing. I was at a family party not long ago. And we were celebrating the birthday of my two-year-old niece, this sweet, adorable, cherubic little girl, as all two-year-olds are, just so sweet. You want to squish them, you want to hold them, and you laugh at every adorable thing that they say because they are just so precious. And we're all sitting around watching her open her presents and say adorable things. And it occurred to me, in a very simplistic yet powerful way, that all of us sitting here in this room We love this little girl simply because she exists. That's it. Because she exists on this planet, because she is alive, we all just love the hell out of her. And that's how it is with most children, and yet it's not that easy. And for some of us who've had very complicated upbringings, it is, well, complicated. You know, that's what unconditional love really is. There are no conditions on our love for this little child. 
And yet as we grow and our relationships become strained and our obligations to each other become very heavy, whether we mean to or not, we start placing conditions and limits on the love we give and receive. And even though unconditional love is always the goal of our higher self, of our soul, sometimes we take journeys into conditional love, both on the giving and the receiving end, because we've got something in our soul record, something in our past, something buried deep in our subconscious that needs to be worked out. And my simple realization that we love this child because she exists, not because she's cute, not because she says funny things, not because she's sweet, not because she's silly, and we don't not love her because she gets tired and pulls tantrums or whatever the case may be. It goes both ways. We love her because she exists. And this cracked my world right open. Because as I mentioned, self-worth and unconditional love is a tricky one for me. Love is very complicated for me. I am not a person who loves easily. And I am extremely difficult to get close to. If you know me personally, You know that, yes, I'm personable. Yes, I'm warm. Yes, I'm friendly. I love people. However, there are very, very, very few people in my inner circle. And even among those few people, I keep myself extremely guarded. And this is something I've been picking away at for many, many years. I want to know why I do this. How much of it is protective? How much of it is because maybe I didn't get the right kind of love at crucial moments in my life? How much of it is because when I was giving love, I did not receive it in the right way or I was hurt very deeply. And so I've chosen to close myself off. Every single time I dive into an exploration of this issue, I come up with something different because there's never one answer. I know this as a healer, as a professional who does this work every day. And I know this as a human being who lives who experiences life and all its ups and downs, highs and lows, and excruciating traumas. Everything is complicated. Everything is multi-layered. Everything can be a cause and an effect and a reason. So as I allowed myself to open up this issue of unconditional love and loving someone simply because they exist, I had to ask myself the difficult question. Do I love myself simply because I exist? Or do I withhold my self-love? Do I judge myself unworthy of love because of what? Because maybe I can be cold because I don't relate well on a deep personal level? Because it's taken me years to get this damn podcast up and running. Because my website isn't perfect. Because I don't have as many clients as I want to. Because I yelled at my kids when I was pissed off. On and on and on and on. What are all the conditions I place on my own self-love? And what are all the conditions I place on those in my lives? Do I actually love my children? My spouse? My best friends? My parents? Do I actually love them simply because they exist? Or do I allow my love to be colored by the circumstances of each present moment? This is a really difficult question, especially if you are a parent, if you do have a romantic partner, if you do have parents and siblings, this is a very, very complicated issue. And so I want you to go back to the original question. Do you love yourself simply because you exist? And if not, I want you to ask yourself why. And not just why, but when in your personal history did that change? Were you ever simply loved because you exist? Or did that slowly break down over time? 
Did it shift in one dramatic, powerful moment for you? Now that we've asked these questions, they're going to be swirling through your mind over the next days and weeks as the healing energies unfold. Because every time you have a realization about the truth of who you are and the truth of what happened to you in your past and the truth of what you came to believe about yourself and about the world around you, every time you uncover a new layer, you are becoming healed. Every time you allow yourself to excavate the truth underneath your pain, every time you allow yourself to even look at the pain openly and honestly without judging, without attaching new meaning, without getting caught up in a swirl of self-pity, every time you allow yourself to be a compassionate witness to your pain, you come away healed. As for me personally, this actually took me down an interesting side route. You know, not long after I had this realization, my husband and I were lying in bed and going to sleep, and he could tell something wasn't right with me. I'm an open book for him. So we gently asked, what's up? And sometimes I don't feel like sharing, but I did feel like sharing. And I went on a bit of a tirade about how I'm not loved. And, and not like in a pity party sort of way, you know, you don't love me, you don't, whatever. It was a very harsh realization that I have closed off the flow of love so completely that I know the people in my life who are sending me love, it's not fully coming in because I do not allow myself to be loved. I shared with him the genuine belief that I have that even if I were to die tomorrow, Yes, you know, the, the key close people in my lives, my, my life, my immediate family, of course, they would be devastated. My children would probably never recover. But that at a certain point, I truly believe that everyone will just sort of move on and never think about me again. And I'm totally fine with that. And the very fact that I believe this and I'm so cool with it is actually a big problem. The fact that I genuinely believe that I will not leave a lasting impression on the people in my life other than my immediate family is a big problem. The fact that I am so fine with not loving deep enough for people to grieve me when I pass is a big problem. Because although this may have begun in a protective way, it has slowed the flow of love in my life. It has led to periods of excruciating loneliness. You know that feeling of being surrounded and yet totally alone? This is my life. I have normalized this because at a certain level, at a certain point in time, and repeatedly over time, I've reinforced this. Not just allowed it, but reinforced it again and again and again. So this wasn't even a wound at this point in time that I was talking about. This, these were just what I had taken to be as facts that I had accepted in my own life and my own personal experience. That's pretty messed up, guys. <laughs> For a healer who has dedicated her life to helping others not feel this way, coming to the hard realization that, in fact, I do feel this way and I have fully internalized and accepted and reinforced this year after year after year was a huge wake-up call for me. A huge wake-up call. And as I mentioned earlier, simply uncovering the layers starts the healing process, and I could feel it kick in. And it kicked in with a deep sense of grief and mourning, of the realization that I have spent decades of my life not allowing people to love me. 
throwing it away, pushing it away, actively fighting it, retreating, allowing people, many, many people to love me on the surface, but not letting it get any deeper to satisfy my deep soul need for connection. Cried myself to sleep that night. Sure did. I spent, you know, after I got up, put on a happy face, got the kids off to school, I went right back in bed and let the crying happen again, hour after hour. I just simply let it flow because I knew that when I was finished with this phase, I would not be coming back to it. I would not be activating this vibration within me again. I was letting it go. I didn't have any solutions yet. I don't exactly know how to let people love me on a deep level. If I did, this wouldn't be an issue. But I wasn't going to put the cart before the horse. I was simply experiencing the grieving and the healing process. Now, a little side note, a little tip. Actually, it's more than a tip. This is crucial, life-changing information here. Did you know there is a difference in grieving and having a pity party? I'm sure you know this, but it's probably very difficult to define, especially when you're in the moment. My personal definition of this difference, and it's a very important difference and distinction to make because we can run into the danger in the process of healing and releasing. We can run into the danger of lassoing our problems, pulling them back down, and starting right over again. And that's why it's important to understand the distinction. The distinction between witnessing your feelings, releasing, clearing, purging all the depths of this emotion and in cementing the pattern and starting all over again is the personal dialogue we have with ourselves. Do you narrate your breakdowns? (laughs) I hope I'm not the only crazy person who does this. I sort of narrate what's happening to me internally. It's because my brain is never quiet. I'm always jabbering or talking to someone, talking to spirit, doing what I do. There's a constant narration and dialogue going on in my brain. And so I have noticed that when I am narrating the breakdown And I use words like always and never. This always happens to me. I never get past this. He never does this, right? We use these words. We use them in fights. We use them in arguments. We use them when we're venting to our friends. These are the very words that are lassoing our problems and starting them all over again because we are creating a set of beliefs. I believe that I will never get through this. I believe that I will always feel this way. I believe that this is my reality. And so it's very important when you are going inside the emotion to allow it to be released and processed, you do not create these things. It is okay to feel that, yes, this happened to me. Yes, this is my past. Yes, this is how I have felt in the past. But I am allowing the possibility that it doesn't always have to be this way. It sounds like a very simple shift, and it is, but when you are in the throes of your problems and you are experiencing these vibrations, it's difficult. It takes practice. So just keep this in mind as you go through your own personal healing and when you're venting to a friend or a loved one. Remember, the words we use are very important, and the thoughts we have are crucial in steering our directionality. So when you're going into this place, be very cautious and hold the intention that you are releasing, not recreating, all right? So I allowed myself to have the thoughts of, yes, this is painful. Yes, my entire life has been ruled by these beliefs and these behaviors, but it doesn't have to be this way. And I am willing to fully experience the depths of my emotion now so that I am excavating the pain 
so that there will be nothing left inside of me. And in my willingness to feel, I am releasing and I am detaching from the pattern. I'm not going to recreate it. I'm going to let it go. And sure enough, after an hour or two, maybe three, I'm not sure, you know, I had a a talk with a friend, my very special BFF, my psychic best friend, whom we hold space for spectacularly. And my husband checked in and he sent some supportive messages when I told him, well, sorry about the to-do list. I'm spending the morning crying in bed. He gets it. He knows my process. He offered his love and validation that it's going to be okay and he loves me and I'll get through this. If you don't have someone like that in your life, people, get them. And if you have someone in your life and they're not like that yet, don't worry, they can be trained. (laughs) Hasn't always been this way with my husband. We have grown together. We have taught each other how we need to be treated in our darkest moments. And so I simply allowed this phase to move through without attaching meaning about my future experience, just with the intention to let it go and create something new. And it was probably... I don't know, later that night, I think, when I was talking with my friend, we um, were exploring this issue of grief that I don't believe people would truly mourn me because I haven't connected to them. And um, I had a memory pop into my brain as these things happen. Spirit will drop the information you need to put the pieces of your puzzle together in perfect coherence. And so I had a memory of a funeral I went to, I think it was in the ninth grade, end of junior high. Um, I have been blessedly free of grief in my life. I have not had very many people close to me die. And in fact, I'm 37 years old and all four of my grandparents are still living. I have not experienced a lot of death and trauma in the family. So this funeral was one of the very first and it was very, very intense. It was a friend of mine, uh, someone I actually had an intense crush on at the time, but we were all sort of friends in this circle. We were in choir together. And he was in a car accident over the summer, and he and his brother were ejected from the vehicle, and they both passed away. Man, the funeral, I can feel the energy coming up again as I'm sharing the story. So obviously there is more to be released on this issue, but the trauma was intense. It was so shocking and so sudden and so deep being confronted with this sort of grief at that young age for the first time. And, you know, because it wasn't a family death, it was someone that only I knew, my family wasn't grieving with me. And because it was summer, I was a kid, we didn't have cars, we didn't all go, you know, hang out together. We were, you know, on the phone talking about this, but really we were sort of grieving alone. And because we were all in choir together, we were asked to sing at his funeral. And I still remember standing there outside. I remember exactly what I was wearing. I remember exactly where I stood in relation to the rest of the choir. I remember the feeling of the sun and just the tears streaming down my face. And in remembering and re-experiencing the emotions of this episode in my life, I came to the realization that a lot of my issues began right there, began with the death of my friend TJ. And this is how it works. This is how patterns and blocks work. They're not just simply these vague, unnamed, anonymous blocks in our lives. They're experiences of emotional trauma. Our body remembers. These energies become imprinted on our psyche, on our subconscious, and in our physical body. 
as evidenced by the fact that as I'm speaking of it, I am feeling it within my physical body. But when we can trace the pattern back to the origin, the moment that started it all, and this is what I do in my healing work, because we don't always remember consciously where this came from or how it began, especially if this is a pattern we've inherited or we've absorbed from a loved one. We have no idea where this began. But if we can go back and trace it to the origin, we are literally pulling the problem up by its roots. It will not be created when we go back to the original trauma and we heal that original trauma. Sometimes all it takes is a realization on that's where it began. And for me, that's where a lot of this began. Yes, this is a multi-layered problem, but this pattern I have of not letting people get too close with me. And when I can feel that there's sort of a, you know, becoming a rift or a little bit of a distance in a friendship or a relationship, I will bail so hard out of there, make your head spin. I do not allow myself to get close enough to people because of this original trauma. It was so intense and so excruciating for me to process, and I was really unable to process it all. It's how you know when a problem becomes stuck and it creates a pattern. If you don't process it all, the residue, the vibration, the pattern becomes stuck in you and you will recreate it again and again and again. Spirit does this because it draws us back to the original wound. We're not being punished by our patterns because we're idiots and we failed and blah, blah, blah. It's because spirit is directing us back to this wound we have inside and it's asking us, can we let go of this now? This is where your problems begin. Can we create a different way? Can we let this go? Can we witness? Can we heal? Can we clear this problem now? And that's what I was able to do. Sometimes simply understanding the connection, finding the root cause of an issue, is all we need. Because now, as a grown woman, recognizing that the reason I struggle to get emotionally close to people is because once upon a time at age 14 or whatever, I experienced a traumatic loss of a friend. It's easy to see that I don't need to let that experience continue to run my life. Let's let that expire. 14-year-old me does not need to be calling the shots of 37-year-old me's relationships. That's absurd. And bless her heart, that 14-year-old me still has some healing work to do. I can help her do that. And in doing that, she's going to let go of the reins. She's not going to keep warning me at every turn, don't get too close. Because when this ends, and it always ends, you will be devastated. That voice in my ear, whether it's real, whether it's my own neurotic patterns, or whether it's simply inexplicable behaviors. I can't understand why I can't stick around and be friends with someone long enough for this to get good. Whatever it is, it's the inner version of you that's warning you of the trauma she experienced. And so that's what we're going to do to wrap up this podcast. I'm going to take you through a healing meditation. Back earlier when I asked you, do you allow yourself to be unconditionally loved simply because you exist? I want you to do some excavation work and see if you can discover an origin point. Where along your life has this pattern appeared? What was happening at the time? What trauma is buried within you that needs your love and attention? And if you need to, pause this, come back to the podcast when you have your experience, even if you're not sure if it's the root of the problem, the origin, anything that comes up still needs healing work. And it will come to you now because it's ready. 
This is the other thing about healing. We are afraid to go digging because we think we're not going to be able to handle the trauma of what we discover. But if you are in tune with your higher self, with spirit, it's only going to allow you to remember what you are ready and able to process next. It's not going to bring up anything that's too much for you. Whatever memory or experience or belief comes to mind, that's what's ready to be worked on. So I'm going to lead you in a little healing meditation that's going to allow you to go back in time, metaphysically, to be with the version of you that experienced the trauma, to provide that compassionate witness and allow you to heal, release, process this so that we can clear the pattern and start creating anew. So let's go ahead and do that now. Get yourself in a comfortable position. You can be lying down. You can be sitting upright. If you're sitting upright, place your feet flat on the floor. And if you're lying down, you can imagine your feet connected to the ground. We're going to begin this meditation with a few deep breaths. body to relax and sink into the present moment. It's all right if your mind isn't still. It's all right if your mind wanders. Just allow your body to relax and become present. And I want you to draw your attention to the bottoms of your feet whether they are planted into the ground or imagining they're in the ground. And I want you to envision roots unfolding from the bottoms of your feet, stretching, growing, and reaching deeper and deeper into earth, anchoring you into the supportive energies of Mother Gaia. And as you do so, you feel grounded, solid, connected, held and loved. And as your roots continue to reach further and further, you feel your grounding cord extend from your root chakra, mingling with the roots deeper and deeper into the earth until we reach the crystalline core of Mother Gaia, pulsating with light and energy. And as you reach the core, your roots wrap around, and this energy is given freely with so much love and power. You feel this energy spiral up, 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 up your roots and your grounding core, where it reaches your body, first through your toes, your feet, ankles, swirling up your calves, knees, continuing upward until it reaches your root chakra, gently expanding and clearing debris, neutralizing all energies that are not in your highest and best good at this moment in time. And as you continue to breathe, with each inward breath, you're bringing the energies further within you. And with each exhale, 
you are releasing the energies of others, the energies of pain and discord, releasing anything that is not serving your highest good. Continuing up through your sacral chakra, healing, invigorating, expanding, up your solar plexus, nurturing, blossoming, strengthening, and up into your heart where the energies become anchored within you at the center point. Allow these energies to continue to work their magic as you focus your attention on your crown, the space at the very top of your head. You feel your crown expand, noticing that as you do, the pure celestial energies of heaven come down to meet you. Down, 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 they spiral in the glowing love of eternal, unconditional, omniscient source energy. Spiraling down, down to your crown chakra, filling you, invigorating you as the earth energies have through your third eye, releasing any clutter that is distracting you from your sole purpose of this moment, down to your throat, where it is safe to breathe, to express, to speak and be heard, and finally down, connecting in your heart. And as the cosmic energies mingle with the earth energies, you feel a powerful release. It's safe to cry. It's safe in this sacred space to experience what has been buried. It is safe to release what is ready to go. You are seen. You are held in love. You are witnessed. And as you experience this moment of emotional release, you become aware of the presence of heavenly helpers all around you. Your guardian angels, your guides, your ancestors and loved ones beyond the veil. And finally, your higher self steps forward, your eternal immortal soul, with all the wisdom that your earthly body has forgotten. The circle around you parts and in walks the version of yourself that is most calling for healing. Witness her, invite her to step forward into the sacred space. Hold her hand and sit with her. Allow her to tell you her story. As she shares her pain, you feel your heart open. The dam has burst, and the pain you've been carrying is now safely released into the waiting arms of your heavenly helpers as they lift this burden from you, as they wash you, both versions of you, all versions of you, 
washing you in the fresh, clean energies of creation and unconditional love. This gift was always yours, and now you are free to reach out for it, take it, hold it in your arms, and press it closely to you, into your heart. And as you do so, you feel a newness wash over you, the deepest sense of love and gratitude you have ever experienced. And it reverberates through every layer of your being. You feel it now going to work and you allow these energies to continue to wash over you for as long as is necessary to heal the pain and to install new patterns new ways of allowing yourself to be loved to feel that it is safe to open your heart it is safe to be seen it is safe to feel that no trauma awaits you when you open the gates but more love in a never-ending infinity spiral of giving, receiving, expanding, growing, and resting safely in the arms of love. You are safe. You are loved. You are love itself. Allow this gift to wash over you and radiate from you. Continue to breathe in this moment and stay for as long as you need. Allowing yourself to return in your life whenever necessary to the sacred space to fill your well, fill your cup, and allow it to spill over, washing your life in the beautiful warm waters of unconditional love. Stay in this space for as long as you like. And when you are ready to return, thank your heavenly helpers for being present. Thank the part of you that came forward to be healed. Surround her in a loving embrace. Thank her for protecting you, for all she's done to keep you safe. Invite her to join you. Invite her to allow you to lead. Take the mantle from her, this heavy burden of responsibility, of leading, protecting, blocking off any danger. Allow her to be led by you. Allow her to be cared for and nurtured. Allow her to continue to experience the never-ending spiral of unconditional love that is available to all of us when we let go of our pain and open up to receiving. And when you are ready, you may return to the physical world in this now moment, wiggling your toes, stretching your body, opening your eyes, breathing in deeply, knowing that great healing has taken place. And now you are ready to begin life anew. Thank you for being here. I witness you. I honor you. 
and all you've done, all you've overcome. And I love you simply for existing. Thank you for joining me. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me on the Rebel Mystic Podcast, where spirituality gets real. Craving more, Mystic Sister? Then join me in the Rebel Mystic Sisterhood, a spiritual society for the modern awakening woman. Take your place in this sacred circle as we come together to explore and deepen our spirituality, heal from the pain of all those years we've been asleep and awaken our inner rebel mystics so we can rise and become the powerful women we were always meant to be. Learn more and sign up at lindsaymaxfield.com.